This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Who hates the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I can tell you one thing. Vikings fans certainly don't like them and how their fan base acts towards us, especially throwing beer cans full at children in the 2017 NFC Championship game. But we have a game with them tomorrow night. And with me tonight is going to be Devin Jackson of the Philadelphia Inquirer. You may know him from previous appearances on the show. Well, he helps cover the team uh, for the paper. And he is here to give us the lowdown on everything Philadelphia Eagles as the Minnesota Vikings try to prevent their first 0-2 start since 2020. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad. And the Hungy on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornos. And you know what? He's here, and he's down in the bottom right corner. His name is Producer Dave, and just off to my left. Oh, you know what? I got the, I got the point wrong. This point, he is... Devin Jackson of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Devin, always great to talk to you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Tyler. Uh, thanks for, for having me on uh, once again and uh, looking forward to previewing this uh, Thursday night football matchup. Uh, obviously, a rematch of last game that uh, was a Monday night game, I believe. And yep. uh, both teams, I would say, looked a lot different than than what, what they did uh, opening week of, of last year. So, It'll be interesting to, to talk a little bit about it, but, but glad to be here. And, and like I said, uh, glad to be back on. One of the things that's really intri- intriguing about last year's team versus this year's team is technically they're running the same scheme, but how Jonathan Gannon and Sean Desai run the Vic Fangio style defense. They don't exactly run it the same. And I'm very curious to see how much Pete Carroll influence that decide picked up last year while being an assistant with the Seattle Seahawks. Cause they tried to do a little hybrid where they were running Fangio stuff and Pete Carroll being obsessed with cover three and co- and middle of the field covered with like a single high safety. I'm very intrigued to see how that will manifest itself. Do you think that we're going to, we're going to see a true Fangio style defense or are we going to be seeing a lot of that kind of uh, cover one, cover three influence? I would say more cover one, cover three influence. Um, and, and really, I think uh, you might see a little bit more cover three, especially uh, tomorrow night. Obviously, the Eagles are going to be missing a, a few key guys in the secondary um, that, that will kind of affect what they do, uh, specifically James Bradbury. I think they would have liked to do a little bit more cover one uh, just in general. Uh, but uh, sorry, my dogs are in the background. Probably could hear oh, that. that was- um, that was Eclair. Yeah. I have her downstairs to try and keep the dog separate so I don't go absolutely ballistic during the show. And I'm, I'm glad to know that's not Eclair. Hopefully yours is yeah. doing okay. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little excited. Um, but uh, just going back to my thought, uh, James Bradbury being out, I think, really affects what they want to do. Obviously, got Justin Jefferson coming in the building, uh, and, and Darius Slay will see a lot of time on him. But uh, you would have liked to see Bradbury kind of, you know, take the number two guy, you know, whether it be Addison or, or Osborne, Osborne for the Vikings. Uh, but I think they're going to do a little bit more cover three to not expose uh, Josh Joe, who will likely fill in for Bradbury uh, to the cover one matchups. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really interesting point because of no Bradbury, that's going to leave stuff open on the other side. And at safety, Reed Blankenship had has a rib injury that may keep him out, and you may have to see rookie Sidney Brown or veteran Terrell Edmonds. Edmonds isn't, isn't exactly what you call a super high caliber player at the position, and Sidney Brown not really known for his coverage skills. He's more known as a an old school strong safety where he's going to come in the box and he's just going to thump you. So. Those elements are very intriguing as the Vikings look to potentially stretch the field. But in trying to stretch the field, the Eagles have one of the best defensive lines in football, and they have continuously, for uh, whether right or wrong, invested in that defensive line. And they did so again this year by drafting Jalen Carter at ninth overall and then Nolan Smith at 31st. Or no, it was 30th because the Miami Dolphins, you know they had their pick stripped it's a very interesting group of players you have Hassan reddick there josh sweat jordan davis who was a first round pick last year so the last three of their uh, their last three first round picks that they've used have been on defensive linemen from georgia and then they they sent one last year to the tennessee titans for aj brown but that defensive line being able to get home with four rushers which is a really big caveat of the Vic Fangio defense could really limit them from being able to take advantage of those corners. So my, my big question to you is, will it even matter that the corners are quote unquote subpar based on what we've seen from previous Eagles teams? I will say yes and no. Uh, And I think the caveat is kind of uh, the revolving door at linebacker. Um, They, the Kobe Dean's going to be out for a little bit now. Um, so they're they're going to have some, a few guys kind of rotate in and kind of step in. Uh, and he was expected to be kind of that that guy, the leader. And, and before he went out of the game against New England, he was having an excellent performance, uh, doing a really nice job defending the run. So I think, you know, kind of your point is a little bit of caveat. Obviously, having that pass rush is nice. Having that nice stable of, of rotation and, and talent uh, along that defensive line is great. But also when you think about, um, you know, what the Vikings are probably going to throw at them. They're probably going to have a lot of, I won't say max protect, but a lot of six, seven man protection to make sure Kirk Cousins can throw the football. And that's going to leave them susceptible uh, in the secondary specifically. And look, the Patriots did a nice job, especially in that second half, uh, being able to get the ball quickly out of Mac Jones' hands uh, and distributing to all the weapons. And, and really, the I think the biggest uh one of the biggest holes in the eagles defense is the middle of that defense uh and at the second second and third levels uh reed blankenship is also going to be out uh tomorrow night as well he's been a big part of uh that safety uh tandem that they have with him terrell edmonds uh so i think it's it's good you're gonna see the vikings try attack the middle of the field uh and, and the patriots did a really good job of doing that uh whether it be slants posts uh dig routes and and i think because of kind of Having linebackers in there that are not exactly, uh, I don't want to say Fred Warner types, but but not 
are not as disruptive as you you would like a uh, second level defender uh, in the modern NFL to be. I think that's where there there's going to be some holes in, in the Eagles defense to for the Vikings to attack, and I would expect them to do so. Uh, you know, with injuries at in, in the secondary and linebacker room for the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, especially with the advent of the Vikings trying to utilize 12 personnel, which the numbers just came out with Sports Info Solutions. I need to go check that out as far as what what the splits were, but they were really effective in throwing both 11 personnel and also throwing out a 12 and being able to take advantage of those linebackers will be really interesting to see how they can do so. But as much as linebackers matter in this sense, how much will it really matter? Because the Eagles have never cared about linebacker. They they got Jeremiah Trotter back in the early to mid aughts. And after that, they just said, ah, screw the position. We don't need it. And that's pretty much how they've rolled for the better part of the last decade. So will it actually matter? Or will we just see a guy like Sidney Brown in dime situation just end up being that linebacker and they do like a four, 407 look and just be like, eh, and we're fine. I, I mean, that's what they brought him in for. Honestly, they brought him in to, to have that presence in the run game, uh, to defend tight ends, um, and and just kind of be that, I don't want to say chess piece, but kind of that piece where you can kind of have that hybrid position. And look, they're in a pinch uh, tomorrow night. So I would expect to see a lot of Sidney Brown, a lot of uh, him being moved around the formations, be inserted into the box to, to kind of stop the run, uh, especially with the Vikings can bring to the table in the run game um, and, and just being that extra uh, set of body to, to be at the line of scrimmage. Um, because, because look, you, me and you both watched Sidney Brown through the draft process, uh, saw him at the senior bowl, uh, excellent athlete, uh, able to, to go mm-hmm. sideline to sideline. Uh, but the biggest thing for him was the, the open field tackling and, and not being as strong, uh, backpedaling as as opposed to coming forward. So I would expect them not to put them in a lot of positions to, you know, be deep in coverage, but more so uh, near and around the line of scrimmage uh, and guarding tight ends as well. That's going to be a key aspect of, of slowing down the Vikings attack. I know they're going to try and utilize their tight ends, uh, especially uh, with what the Eagles have at linebacker tomorrow night and, and having Reed Blankenship out, who was kind of that do-it-all type of guy in the, uh, in, in the safety room. So so I think Sidney Brown's going to play a huge impact uh, both in, in the running game and in the short and intermediate passing game for the Vikings. Yeah, and I, I think the addition of Sidney Brown to that defense long-term is going to be really nice. I'm very intrigued to see what, that manifests itself in week two of his rookie season. Cause I didn't think he was all that great, especially in coverage, but man, could that guy chase something down and annihilate you? But I do want to just point out, um, we need, um, our good friend, Mike is in the comments saying that, uh, to go Oh, four and seven. I, I think we need to tell him that in the United States, nobody does zero four, seven looks Mike, that that's just asking for you to just get railroaded in the running game. So maybe you can do that in Canada. But you can't do that here. <laughs> Shout out to Mike for that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be. I think you're going to see a lot of different looks from the Eagles defensively uh, this Sunday, and that's really what they wanted to get to. They didn't want to get that predictable look that they gave last year and throughout the season. That teams uh, knew what they were going to run. Uh, not a lot of uh, disguising, uh, but now you can can really move those athletes around. 
and get really uh, tricky in 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 those pass rush situations. Uh, Milton Williams had a good game. Jalen Carter, obviously, Jordan Davis. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. So it, it's you're certainly going to see a, a lot of different looks in, in trying to counter what the Vikings like to do. It's going to be a really nice chess match uh, between mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell and Sean Desai for sure. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Let's talk about O'Connell. We had, um, oh, uh, apparently I, I missed the reference in 047, whatever. I'm 33 years old and go Oilers, baby. So let's talk about O'Connell, how he likes to utilize some of those concepts. And he really likes to attack the intermediate levels of the field, just like Sean McVay does. A lot of choice routes, a lot of digs, and being able to take advantage of like that that middle of the field, not necessarily between the hashes, but just outside of them. And that's really where he likes, that's his bread and butter. And the difficulty about some of those concepts is they take a while to develop and come open this defensive line. If we remember anything from last year, they took the Vikings out to lunch and stuck them with a $10,000 bill. Like it was some rookie hazing gimmick. It, It was not good. It was brutal. And it's really hard for me to see a situation where that's going to improve too much, especially Fletcher Cox is, I believe questionable for the game. Um, He's also has a rib injury, a lot of rib injuries on this team. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe they just completely forgot to wear any kind of padding there and it just got a nice little Rocky punch to it. But there's a lot of depth in this defensive line that can be rotate in and out and be able to put pressure on the quarterback how is Kevin O'Connell really gonna have to switch to a quick game philosophy here, even though it makes sense to run a lot of those daggers, digs, crossers to be able to take advantage of those linebackers? Uh, I would say yes, but but you know, being able to run the football is going to be the most important part to really loosen up uh, the pass rush um, and, and establishing the run is going to be incredibly important to to be able to open play action uh, as well. So I think. Quick game has got to be a part of, of what they do. Um, they have to be able to attack Josh Job. And, and, and look, Job is a really good talent, uh, but he's getting his first true start at outside corner. So I would expect them to attack him early to just test him to see, you know, is he going to be jumping things? Is he going to um, be able to make tackles in the open field? Like, I think that that's really what you're going to see early on. Uh, attack Joe, see what he's about obviously get Jefferson involved early on and, and the quick game is, is an easy way to do that. But eventually you're going to have to do the intermediate uh, in those long developing plays. And it, it, to be able to set those up, they got to be able to take pressure off of the offensive line. And, and like I said, they're probably going to run six and seven man protections. Uh, so that may mean they're just running back, staying in and not going out on routes. Tight ends may need to chip. So it's gonna, you're going to see a lot of those types of ads to try and, and kind of dissuade or, or slow down the Eagles pass rush. And and I think the big part in that is not getting those third and long situations. That's why on early downs, they really have to succeed in, in moving the ball, uh, getting the ball out quickly uh, and moving it efficiently. And, and that's the biggest Achilles heel for the Eagles is that if teams are able to get in those third and manageable, Okay, they can't just pin their ears back and rush on third and five or third and four. Uh, they can be susceptible to, to running back draw, uh, you know, some play action. Uh, it really opens up your playbook. And I think that's what is going to be the chess match. Okay, you know, say it's like second and eight, you know, 
do you take a shot here? You know, do you uh, continue to try and run the football and, and establish a line of scrimmage? Do you do quick game to get a third and manageable? So I think those first and second down plays are going to be key in, in this game to see if that inter- intermediate and, and deep shot passing game is is open, but really start with what they can do on early downs and, and mixing it up. You know, you got to run those screens to keep them honest. And, and the, <laughs> the Patriots spanned the hell out of screens uh, on Sunday. They ran so many screens to kind of kind of slow that down. Um, but but I would say uh, they got to be able to control the line of scrimmage starts with the run game, uh, quick game, uh, and really test, see uh, missing pieces that the Eagles have in their secondary, how well they can hold up. Yeah, I think uh, the addition of the play action is going to be really, really important. Um, one thing that was really important in that first matchup, Devin, and we're talking back at the beginning of 2022, Darius Slay looked like a bronze god against Justin Jefferson, picked off Kirk Cousins two times, and was consistently denying him in coverage. And just quite frankly, after that first half, he only caught six for 49, but he locked him down. And going forward, you have James Bradbury not able to play, which is a really big loss. And Jordan Addison is a much better version of current day Adam Thielen. They could really exploit some of those other corners, but is Darius Slay in a position where he they're going to ask him to try and lock down Jefferson again. And are they going to be able to give him any kind of help or is he just going to be on an Island because of those other injuries? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And I think it it really is going to be uh, interesting to see, but I would think they almost have to kind of put him on an Island because look, you, you have Darius Slay, you know, obviously the, season things of like, okay, we're going to let him go. Then we end up bringing him back. Um, this is what they brought him back for those, these big, big matchups to guard some of the best receivers in the NFC and the NFL in general. Um, now, do I think is an effective uh, tactic? Probably not, which is why they're probably going to mix in some safety help um, and, and try to build in those coverages, you know, some sort of help. So he's not, just one-on-one the entire game, but I was expect the majority of the game, he's going to follow him. Uh, he's he's going to try and lock him down uh, because much as help you want to give him over the top, uh, just what Jefferson's able to do. I mean, he's going to be on the Island, uh, you know, on, on the, on the other, or Josh Job is going to be on the Island, uh, you know, guarding the wide receiver two and three of the Viking. And, and I really think, they're going to focus more of their attention on making sure that he can has he needs to to be able to do his job effectively, which is why I think you you might see a little bit more zone coverage versus uh, those man looks. Um, and and if they do go man, I expect them to bring pressure to to try and speed up Kirk Cousins to make sure that he doesn't have four seconds to throw. So that's why I say it's going to be a chess match. But but overall, I think there's not going to be a lot of help given to Darius Slay uh, when up against Justin Jefferson. Well, if it's anything like the battles that Jefferson has had against Jair Alexander, he's bound to just absolutely own him for almost 200 yards and a couple tutties like like happened last year against Jair Alexander in week one. People don't forget. Let me tell you, Let, let's transition to the other side of the ball, Devin, because I'm really intrigued about this Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts had a tremendous season. You could argue an MVP type season. I'm still hesitant on Hertz because 
I just don't think that there's enough arm talent there for him to truly be an elite quarterback. And his processing skills are really good early on. But once you get past like that first and second read, he is not an elite processor either, but he's such an anomaly that he has continued to grow every single year. And he's been in the national spotlight since his freshman season at Alabama in 2016, I believe when he may, he could barely throw a football and he led him to a national championship. When you look at everything encompassing with Jalen hurts, are we in a position where he's actually going to be able to take that next leap to where he's talked about as maybe a top five quarterback, but very rarely put outside the top 10 to a consensus top five guy because of everything that he's able to do, or is he just going to have to be propped up a little bit by scheme more than some of these other top guys? Um, I, see, I, th- I think it's a little bit of both. Um, look, I, I agree with you. I don't think he has the the top end arm talent as some of the top guys. Um, but but you did mention like every season and he grew and 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 take a step forward. Um and I think he's in line to do so again, but they have a new play caller caller as well, um, with, with Brian Johnson. So I think that's where things might get a little bit more interesting. Um Obviously, they want him to to protect himself a little bit more. Uh, had the shoulder injury at the end of the season last year, and and, and really affected him down the stretch of the season. Um, but I think overall, when you look at Jalen Hurts' body of work, uh, first of all, he has the, the the weapons to to take the next step. Uh, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are, are incredible. Dallas Guard didn't even really get involved in the Week One game, which which I think is, um, you know potentially scary for opposing defenses. Cause like once he gets involved, you're really going to have a difficult time uh, stopping all three guys. So I think with him, you're going to see uh, him continue to take uh, incremental steps. And, and he's done so every year of his career, uh, not just college, but, but NFL as well. But I think they're going to have to start letting him win uh, consistently. Uh, passing the ball. Uh, the running game is a big part of his game as well. But for his longevity, I think he's going to need to really, I don't want to say be handed the keys because they, they've tailored his, the offense around him and his skill set. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to um, really hand over the passing game keys to him and allow him to dissect defenses and I think that's what's going to be the thing I want to see next is like all right we know you can can make all the throws that you need to make you can put the ball in position for your athletes to do the work for you um and obviously had a tremendous Super Bowl performance as well uh throwing to tight windows leading his receivers so now it's going to be about okay third and seven we we got to get away from the quarterback draw you know, we, we got to get away from uh, the, the RPO action and you just got to let him be a drop back passer and, and let him win with with the guys he has on the outside. So I think that's going to be his next step is, OK, we know what you can do. We know what strengths are. But defense are going to load up on on the run game and, and have a QB spy and, and make him. Uh, work from the pocket and chase him when he goes out of the pocket. 
And the Patriots show, I won't say the blueprint, but they show how they can kind of derail what he does best, uh, which is, you know, moving the football and, and working outside of structure. And and we're going to need to see more Jalen Hurts performance is what I'm getting at. What he did <laughs> from inside the pocket, making the tight window throws, uh, consistently winning on third downs with his arm. And I think that's when you're really going to see him potentially take that next step into the the uh, undoubtedly top five area. But until that happens, I think he's going to be in that that top 10, top 12 discussion where the talent is there, uh, what he does as a runner and passer is there. But can he does he have the answers to everything the defenses throw at him, throw at him? And I don't think he has them right now. Yeah, and I, I'm wondering how how he's going to be able to fully have that answer because it he can throw a 60-yard goal ball. Everybody in the NFL can throw a 60-yard goal ball. But can he deliver a 15-yard out route with a lot of velocity? And the answer is no. And I, I'm that's kind of why I, I brought the whole question up, just because I don't think there's quite enough for him to truly be considered in that elite echelon. And he's he's not a guy like Tua, where Tua is just an absolutely elite processor and he can just anticipate really, really well. And that's kind of his superpower. One of the reasons why he was able to usurp Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback at Alabama. But Hurts is, he gives you that extra element in the running game. And we'll kind of transition here to that running game where the Vikings defense was really good against the Buccaneers. 90 yards in the first half, only 242 yards. Uh, overall, that that would have been the least amount of yards allowed in the entirety of the 2022 season. The only game that was close was against the Chicago Bears at 259, and that was week 18. It's basically a preseason game. So this defense looks much improved. Rashad White couldn't get anything going on the ground, and the longest runs came from Baker Mayfield on scrambles. So this rushing attack is going to be a lot different because they're going to do a lot of RPO stuff. They're going to run a lot of it from the shotgun because it's Jalen hurts and you want to be able to have that as a visible threat. So uh, what kinds of things are they going to be able to bring to the game plan here today for the Vikings to be able to stop them? Um, it's I'm, I'm very fascinated by the run game matchup here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, because I mean, Eagles essentially have everybody back from last year, except for the right guard position. And and Cam Jurgens had a up and down game against the Patriots. There there were moments, especially in the run game, uh, especially in early in the game too, where he looked good pulling, uh, you know, running the counter action, uh, running power, uh, running zone, zone read, um, those concepts. But as the game wore on, they just couldn't quite move the Patriots off the line of scrimmage. They had. Uh, you know, a built-in uh, guy to to watch Jalen Hurts on those quarterback runs. The Eagles can bring throw so much at you in the run game, uh, whether it's a quarterback run, whether it's uh, the quarterback draw, you know, uh, all mm-hmm. the different types of run plays, and, and they have a, a damn good offensive line to run behind. But, okay, you don't have Kenny Gainwell. He was kind of your, your top guy uh, this past week against the Patriots. He's out of the game. Uh, all right, so now you have uh, Boston Scott, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, and potentially Rashad Penny, who was inactive on Sunday. All right, who is going to take the bulk of the carries? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, DeAndre Swift really hasn't been the workhorse guy, you know, running the football uh, in his career and short NFL career. Uh, Rashad Penny, obviously, he's, he's had splashy games with Seattle, but could never stay healthy. And then Boston Scott is kind of uh, that utility guy, kind of change of sky. So you have kind of three backs right now that are kind of finding their their footing exactly and, and who's going to be the guy. And I think that makes it a little bit difficult to game plan against because you, you don't know exactly who's going to be running what uh, in terms of what style of, of, of run going to go with, what are they most comfortable with. Um, you know, Swift can, can run in, in between tackles, can run outside of the tackle. Uh, and do a little bit of all, everything, and I expect him to get uh, a good portion of the carries. But they throw so much at you, and then they on top they have the RPO, which uh, you know should you know kind of complicate things as well. You love to to stop the run and then they hit you with the RPO. So I, I think it's going to be the Eagles are, are going to continue to go back to the run game uh, as the Vikings can prove whether or not they can slow it down. And it's a big part of, of their offense as well. And I talked about what the Vikings want to do into getting to third and manual situations. So do the Eagles. I mean, most teams in the NFL do, but they specifically rely on that running game to to get into third and manageable situations to open up uh, you know, some of the other passing game elements that they bring to the table. So I think it's gonna be fascinating to see, okay, not only can they run the football, number one, and two are those new additions going to be able to not outside of Boston Scott, he's been in with the Eagles for a couple of years now, but with Swift and potentially with Penny, are they going to be able to have that feel of knowing where, where to cut off uh, some of those, some of the offensive linemen uh, are they going to run behind Kelsey Dickerson and, and my lot on the left side? Are they, are they going to try to uh, get Jurgens some more uh, confidence uh, in, in reaching to the second and third levels of the defense? So I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of rhythm they get into. Because if the Eagles get into a nice rhythm moving them, that's when you're really going to see a lot of things being thrown at them, RPO-wise, play-action-wise, and, and Jalen Hurts is going to get some easy reads. But if they can't run the football, I think you're going to see another game where they're basically going to tell Jalen, like, look, you, you're going to have to win uh, by attacking uh, you know, the secondary, uh, the Vikings secondary. So a lot of question marks for the Eagles early on. Uh, Gainwell was was pretty much the the sole guy uh, on on last Sunday, and 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 now they don't have him. So who it's kind of next man up, and you have some good talent to do so, but they haven't really played with this Eagles offense line. So I'm a little bit worried uh, by what they're going to throw uh, run game wise, and if it's going to be effective. Yeah, and I, I think one of the intriguing parts about the run game, and as there's some conversation in the chat, and want to thank everybody for joining us here live here tonight um, about the run game and that RPO action is you have that pass option. And the v- Eagles do have a couple really talented players in this at wide receiver. You obviously have AJ Brown, who's arguably a top five receiver, if not like a top three. Uh, depending on kind of how you rank guys like Devonte Adams still at this point, because he's kind of on the downturn of his career, but he's still really, really, really good. And then Devonta Smith, who might be the least talked about really good wide receiver in football because he got overshadowed by AJ Brown. 
and the emergence of Jalen Hurts last year. So with these two guys, you obviously have A.J. Brown who's going to get the majority of the focus. But Devontae Smith is an incredible compliment because they are such different football players. How are the Eagles utilizing these two guys? And how can they try and make Jalen Hurts' life a little bit easier? Yeah, so, you know, with with moving, they can move around. First of all, they can move around Devontae Smith and and utilize mm-hmm. him uh, not on the outside, but in the slot as well. Um, they will put him in a backfield in, in kind of jet motion um, and, and even use him sometimes as a uh, check down option uh, in the two back look, uh, motion him out to the right or left. Um, so they have no problem moving around Devontae Smith uh, specifically. AJ Brown, they they want him, you know, kind of they move him around quite a bit as well, but but they want him in those one-on-one situations. So that's why they move around Devontae Smith to to kind of occupy uh the safeties in the slots sometimes, occupy uh the other side of the field at times. Um but with them, you you want them to they can run essentially any route. Uh obviously I think AJ Brown is is most effective in you get him the ball in space, let him let him work, and that's where the RPOs come in. Uh, the RPO slant, uh, the RPO uh, quick hitch, RPO uh, dig route. Really getting him working over the middle of the field is 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 where he does best. And obviously, the go balls are are, are nice, uh, the posts as well. But but that's what AJ Brown uh, does best. Devontae Smith, they they run screens with him. Uh, you know, they run the, the short intermediate routes over the middle of the field as well with them. Uh, they really like to work the boundary uh, with Devontae Smith as well. So if there's one-on-one, uh, you know, into the boundary and, and you want a quick, a quick, quick completion, uh, he can do so and, and get that quickly. I would say Devontae is more of a, a quicker separator, uh, you know, in man coverage than, than AJ Brown is. He, Brown is more so a, a guy that just is is physical at the catch point doesn't mind if, if a DB is back uh, and and will go up and make the tough catches and so mm-hmm. will Devontae Smith but Smith is more of a elusive uh, you know kind of exquisite route runner that uh, does well really separating uh, you know at at the point of attack and uh, down the field as well so they're they're kind of a yin and yang mix which makes them so dynamic uh, the where one isn't known for the other is so they kind of play off each other well and and that's why you get the run game going and you start to get those play action and getting mm-hmm. them the ball out in space that's when you can really uh see them uh at their best um so that's kind of how i see it and and how they like to use those guys um either one can can go up and and, and some occasionally jalen hurts will just throw the ball up and, and let one of them make a play uh and he's done that quite a bit uh, but I think with Devontae, you, you're going to see him moved around uh, quite a bit, kind of like how uh, the Vikings like to move around Justin Jefferson, get him in different looks. Uh, Devontae Smith is kind of that guy for them to to really open up the offense and uh, open up the the other weapons they have on the field. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to see how the Vikings secondary, which has been mostly rebuilt uh, over the last two seasons, that nobody in the cornerback room was on this team two years ago. Byron Murphy, obviously the biggest addition this past offseason, two-year deal max of $22 million. And you have multiple draft picks. The second-round pick in Andrew Booth Jr., who's not playing right now, which is very frustrating on multiple levels. 
Makai Blackman, a third round pick this year. And a Caleb Evans is a starter as a fourth round pick in 2022. And then you have Najee Thompson, who's a special teams maven, who we aren't even counting as a cornerback. But this safety room, Devin, has six safeties in it. Six. All of them are good. All of them deserve a roster spot. It's just one of the more wild things when you talk about roster construction, because safety is not necessarily a position of strength. But Brian Flores likes to utilize these guys. And Josh Metellus is getting a lot of run as a rover, as an overhang, as a hybrid linebacker. Is that going to be an issue going up against this Eagles defense, not having a lot of beef at the linebacker position, especially when we're talking about the running game? Or is that quickness element going to be something that is going to maximize the Vikings defense? I would say in the quarterback run situations, not having as much beef is going to be helpful. But if the Eagles are just running straight at you, not having that, that's, you know, imposing second level, uh, you know, presence is, is going to really hurt. Um, so in, in ways I would say, like, if you're talking about like runs on a perimeter, uh, you know, quarterback runs, quarterback draw, uh, you need to be athletes in space uh, to, to tackle Jalen Hurts. And the Patriots show uh, that ability. And, and that's why they were able to really keep him quiet uh, outside of a few scrambles and, and a few big runs by Hurts. Um, but in terms of just you know, straight at them, zone, power, counter. Uh, that might be a struggle to for the Vikings, and, and they may have to kind of, I don't want to say stack the box, but but put a few more bodies in the box to slow that down. And that's kind of the risk you run with the Eagles. Um, you try to load up on the box. That's when you get those one-on-one situations with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and, and you don't want to be on in that type of island where, Basically, you you have to stop in one on one coverage. Um, so I think it's, it's really going to that's why I say it's going to, you know, kind of going to what I said at the top was going to be a chess match, not even off, uh, you know, for the Vikings offense versus the Eagles defense, but vice versa. Um, are the Vikings going to be able to stop that the the runs right out the middle or uh, mm-hmm. in between the tackles? And that's going to be the key to this game. Because then if they can't, okay, guess what? We're going to throw quarterback runs at you. We're going to throw zone RPO. That's when things start to get stacked on top of each other. And then all of a sudden you you have too much to, uh, you know, to minimize. But if they can do a nice job, uh, you know, on relatively light boxes and, and have Metellus play uh, that rover position, and he can make plays inside the box then you you're in more in a good position defensively because then you know you're gonna put the Eagles in, in third and long situations where you want them to be. So I think that's kind of gonna be the key to that game, uh key to the run game specifically. If you can stop what they do in between the tackles, uh and even out on the perimeter, I think that you'll have a good chance to slowing down this offense. But if they can run anything they want, that's when you can get into a long night and, and they're going to play, uh, you know, ball possession uh, and really minimize what you can do offensively. And that's when they can pin their ears back and, and get after you defensively. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how those run fits are going to happen, especially with the development of Ivan Pace Jr., who we had conversations about. Dude is uh, <laughs> he's basically built like a Goomba and uh, shout out JP Acosta and He's just able to do a lot of really impressive things on the field. And he's 
he got 46 snaps in the debut out of 64, nearly 75% of the snaps. So how they end up fitting that is going to be interesting. Last question for you, Devin, then I want to get a score prediction from you before we head out of town. This offensive line for the Eagles has been lauded as really, really good, but you have aging players like Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Are they at a point where we're actually going to start seeing some decline from them and players that the Vikings might be able to take advantage of more than in years past? Or is that just not an issue for both of these guys as long as they're healthy, which has always been a really important element for these two because they've been oft injured. For Kelsey, he, he just has an age, man. <laughs> um, they're, they're, I feel like watching him, like every play in that Pat- Patriots game, he was in a right spot. Uh, didn't seem like he got beat, beating people to the spot. So with Kelly, I don't really see the decline. Lane Johnson, um, I can see, a, I can see a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say he's drag. I wouldn't say he, he's going to fall off and not be one of the top tackles because I still think he's one of the top tackles in NFL. But he got beat a few times uh, against the Patriots. You know, Keon White was able to get him. Matthew Judon, um, they were able to to win uh, at the line of scrimmage. And obviously, those are great pass rushers. Even Josh Uche, uh, you know, was able to do so. So I think with Lane, you you see a little bit of the age factoring in. Uh, he had the injury last year that kept him out last few weeks, and he, he basically played through injury uh, through the playoffs and Super Bowl. Um, and and look, he he's getting towards the end of his career, and so is Kelsey. Kelsey. Could be his last season, uh, along with Lane Johnson, who's probably has one or two more left. I think you're going to see a little bit of decline for Lane. Not necessarily you can't keep him one on one, but I, but I think there are going to be times he uh, gets beat this season. So I think obviously you want to attack some of those other guys like Cam Jurgens is going to be a big focal point in attacking him. See if he can hold up. Uh, Dickerson is great, but you know he can be beat. Uh, my Lada is great. Same, same thing. So I think with the, with Kelsey and Johnson, you're, you're going to see continued high level play, but I do think Johnson is, is going to dip off maybe a tiny bit uh, to not where he, he previous, what previously was the last couple of years, uh, barely allowing a sack. I would, I would expect them to give up a few sacks this year. And Daniel Hunter's right there being able to tr- potentially take advantage. Hopefully we get Marcus Davenport as well. Devin, you know, I greatly appreciate your time and uh, and your friendship. I got to ask you about a score prediction, though, because this is a really interesting one. I, my score prediction comes out tomorrow for the Vikings wire, so I'm not going to share it here. Sorry, guys. I, I'm going to I'm going to need you to go and go and read because we've got score predictions from the entire Vikings wire staff, including the Eagles wire managing editor, Glenn Irby, who throws his prediction in there as well. How do you see this game going down, Devin? I think it's a tight one. Um I think the Eagles offense is still finding their way. Um, I think it's still going to be some, some bumps in a row, especially with some of the injuries they have and defensively, but I see this game uh, going under its total and I do not see the Eagles covering. Uh, I see a 23, 20 finish. Uh, I do have the Eagles winning though, but I think it'll, it'll be 23 to 20 is my final score prediction. 2320 is not bad, and it is a six and a half point spread right now in DraftKings. But if you take the Eagles side, it is minus 105. So dang near even money where the Vikings it, uh, is plus 6.5 at minus 115. So a little worse. But if you think the Vikings are going to win a plus 210 money line, 
real, real tasty. If you have confidence in the purple and gold, Dave, do you have anything for Devin before we take off here today? Oh, it's just good to see him. I'm glad he's back. I always like having Devin on for whatever reason. And hopefully tomorrow it's night goes. Glasses are just so nice. <laughs> for Hopefully for tomorrow night goes our way, but we'll see. But I always like having Devin on, especially when we get closer to draft season and all that other sort of stuff. But I'm happy to see you, but brother. Good to see you too as well, Dave. Uh, thanks for, for always doing an awesome job and, and uh, you know, helping Tyler out uh, do, do this awesome show. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to, like I said, I'm always happy to come on. Uh, this makes it even better, you know, obviously uh, with the, the Eagles and Vikings play. Uh, but, but we both know drafting is, is uh, where my heart lies. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There's a good quarterback class this year. It's got us all excited. But first, the Vikings need to win tomorrow night. Yes, they do. And before we end up taking off, Devin, where can the people find you and your work? I know I kind of gave a little bit of away earlier, but I know you do a little bit more than that as well. Yeah, so uh, Real D underscore Jackson on X, uh, Twitter, uh, for whatever reason. Um, and then uh, on the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, which is the inquirer.com. Um, going to be, uh, covering the draft, uh, once again this year. So looking forward to doing that for the Inquirer. Um, but right now, uh, mostly a focus on, on betting and, uh, some of the NFL and college betting. Uh, but, but once, uh, the, the calendar turns to January, uh, can find all my work on the inquirer.com, uh, mock drafts, um, maybe even rankings, uh, senior bowl course, all that. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Absolutely. I can't wait for the senior bowl. Still hoping to be able to pull it off. We'll see with the two dogs now instead of one. It makes it a little tougher, especially because Eclair's a little bit of a senior. She she she's been around the block a little bit. But thank you guys for joining. Thank you, Devin, as well. And we will be back tomorrow night at the two minute warning. I will hopefully jump on at some point. But I will not be there at the two minute warning because I have all my written stuff that I have to do. But if you can't catch me there, we will be talking about this game on The Real Forno Show, potentially with a special show. We don't know yet. But make sure you have those. Um, make sure you subscribe and have your notifications on. So anytime we go live, you know to jump in and check us out. And if you haven't subscribed, we ask that you do. We do a pretty good job over here, and we have a lot of fun in doing so. And with that said, Dave, Vikings play a game tomorrow, and it's a wonderful day. It is, and you can catch me live on a member of Vikings First and Skulls team, Justin Day's uh, Purple and Gold for Days. We're going to do a live podcast or a live show prior to the game. Catch me there, and then, of course, live at the final two-minute warning. Justin will join me, Tyler hopefully later, and we're going to have fun as the Vikings go on to go one and one on the season. What do we say, gentlemen? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching 
The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.